Hello, and welcome to the Bikes and Podcast, a podcast about bikes, but more about the people that ride them, the communities that they build, and the stories they create than conversations about the latest shock technology, wheel sizes, and how to improve your Strava time. Every two weeks, I interview people with a story to tell, an event to promote, or a cause they are passionate about. If you'd like to be on the podcast or have an idea for a story I should cover, please contact us. You can go to the bikesand.net website and click on contact in the navbar. My Twitter handle is at mybikesand, and my Instagram feed can be found at bikes.and. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Bikes and Podcast and that you have a great ride. Hello and welcome to episode six, Bikes and the Velomanati, keepers of the cog, sacred order of the cycling disciple who spend their days apparently committed to pouring over the essence of cycling to understand how it makes up the sport's colorful fabric. This, they believe, is the Velomanati's reason to be, or for those of you in France, raison d'etre. They are so passionate about these beliefs that they have detailed them in a book called The Rules, 95 of them in fact, that talk to the way of the cycling disciple and available on Amazon. Some of you may already know about the fifth rule or the five. If you don't know, I suggest you buy the book. Well, I suggest you buy the book anyway. I was reminded of this book by Mr. Peter Laporte, who was the subject of episode three, Bikes and Staying Fit. Rereading it, I'm reassured by the fact that this podcast might actually be onto something. Namely, that yes, it's about bikes, but way more about the people and the culture they create. If you're looking for details about the latest shock technology, you are definitely in the wrong place. So today, I'm joined by Marco Carlson not Mark O'Carlson, a hitherto unknown Irish Swede, one of the five keepers of the cog from his home somewhere in the northern wilds of Minnesota. Marco, thank you for joining me. You're very welcome. Cheers, Ben, and I'm happy to be here. Yeah, thank you. Uh, same to you, and thanks for spending your time with us uh, today. Uh, in line with uh, rule number 47, which I'll remind the readers is drink triples, don't ride triples, <laughs> all about the unbreakable bond between cycling and beer. I'm hoping you have some form of beer to pop this afternoon. Is that right? Uh, yes, sir. Indeed, I do. I'm drinking an Icy Bay IPA from the Alaskan Brewery in Juneau. I was a Juneau resident for a few years of my life. Excellent. And so I'll go to this one every once in a while. Uh, fantastic. I'm drinking a porter from Debolt Brewery. Uh, company just down the road here in Denver um, and uh, I'm just gonna obviously pop that right here and pour that out it's great um, big shout out to Diebold uh, they make a, a great beer as there are many of those here in Colorado cheers mate cheers um, so it's also another first for the Bikes and Podcast in that we're talking to Marco over Skype. So um, I think the audio will be fine uh, and that it doesn't suffer too much. Should be able to mess with it um, once we're done and I'm in the editing phase. So Marco, what do you uh, what do you do for a day job up there in Minnesota? If I could, if I could back up just a bit, Ben, yep. I want to just 
shout out to Peter Laporte and and, uh, and appreciate him for uh, making the connection between us. So thank you, Peter. Yep, thanks, Peter. Appreciate that. It's great actually to make the connections between these episodes. I think it's just it just talks to the community that that is cycling all over this country and the world. So um, indeed, I totally I totally agree with that. Indeed. Uh, so yeah, Ben, my my day job is I'm a full time faculty member at a college here in Ely, Minnesota. And I teach uh, outdoor leadership and outdoor education uh, and outdoor recreation therapy. Sounds fantastic. I could do with some of that. It's a good job. It is I, a good I, job. I like it. Yeah. So how did you uh, to get involved? How did you become a keeper of the cog? How did you get involved with the Velominati in the first place? <laughs> uh, s- sort of on accident and, and, and sort of uh, just a mate, a, a mate of mine named Frank Strock, who is sort of the mad genius behind the website and the book and everything else. Uh, Frank and I have been friends for probably close to 25 years now. And there was a period of time in our lives where, you know, we'd gotten out of college, become adults and kind of drifted apart for a while. And I just started searching online, see if I could find him and get a hold of him. And I, and I came across Velominati. And at that point, it was Frank and Brett and Gianni who had started uh, the website and had put down probably at the time maybe there were 10 or 12 rules total and uh and so i found frank through there and and i became uh essentially the first uh velominati uh commenter in probably for the first i don't know six months to a year of the website it was just us four uh those three guys writing articles and me commenting on them having a discussion and so it was basically four wankers just sort of hanging out in their own little private website. And they asked me if I wanted to start publishing some articles and, and asked me to be a keeper. And, and so we just kind of took it off from there. Uh, that's, that's fascinating on two levels. A, a, what you just said, and B, that you managed to get wanker into the <laughs> response there, which is great. In fact, going back to Peter Laporte, he managed to get knackered in there as well. Uh, nice. Knackered and wanker, two very English uh, slash Australian words. Uh, great, great to get them into the American lexicon. Well, um, don't be don't be surprised if I drop the word twat every once in a while. <laughs> okay, you can. <laughs> uh, so, um, of course, we couldn't cover uh, ninety five of the, all of the rules uh, in the short time that we have. So, Marco has suggested we focus on four. Um, and they are, if you are, if you are reading the lesson today, uh, or I, if you have the book in front of you, um, they are number three, guide the uninitiated. And number 43, don't be a jackass. Uh, number six, free your mind and your legs will follow. And number 10, it never gets easier. You just get faster. Um, I'm involved with the Colorado High School cycling league and uh, I have used that phrase before with some of the kids Uh, so Marco why don't we start off with with number three there uh, guide the uninitiated and maybe you should just maybe give us um, your thoughts on on number three um, as we start off with that I I think the the book puts it well in insofar as adherence to rule number three requires that we first recognize that nobody and everybody created the rules. Mm-hmm. 
so you know we the keepers uh, of the cog and 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 so forth you know these aren't these aren't things that we just pulled out of thin air uh, these are these are things that we all have noticed over the decades as cyclists you know why why do we curate our bikes in such a way why is it important to wear black shorts why do you keep your saddle level you know so on and so forth and and we and we realized that these places needed these rules these things these conventions uh needed to be housed somewhere uh and so we didn't create them and they were created through years and years of cycling tradition and and trial and error and the cool thing about them i think that that draws me to them and and the other keepers as well is they're just a, a really great blend of of form and function and and i think as you dive into the into the lux into the rules uh and 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 really start to ask yourself why on the surface they they just seem like these kind of arbitrary you know road snobbery kinds of things that you know particularly anyway road cyclists have done forever mm-hmm. Uh, but really, when you look into it, there's either some sort of a reason for function behind it, or maybe a certain tradition, or maybe something that you know comes from a certain race or a certain part of the world or something like that, and it, and and they just kind of make sense, and uh, and so in that sense, um, you know, helping people into the world of cycling that are new to it or finding their way or, or, or trying to relate to cycling themselves. Uh, it, it, it's fun to explain that tradition and that history and, and, and to, to, to tell them why we, again, curate our bikes in a certain way or, um, you know, why do we put our why do we put the labels on our tires over the valve stem? You know, why is that important? And, uh, and so there's, there's oftentimes good stories behind that. And so it's, it's fun to do and it also makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, the concept of the rules and the voluminati has always been very interesting to me because as a passionate cyclist myself, um, it's almost as if many of the things that you guys have put into this book and this way of thinking uh, has has almost like been in the back of our our minds. Um, anyone who rides a bike will relate to many of these rules, and you've just done a fantastic job at connecting those thoughts to your mouths, which we all on this side of things have pro- have problems doing. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it, it must have taken uh, some some real discipline to just sit down and write these these all out. I would imagine. Well, I, you know, I'd say, I'd say, yeah, we, we certainly put effort and thought and, and maybe a little bit of discipline, you know, lubricated with a tasty IPA sure. into it. Uh, but if, if you've spent any time on the website <clears throat> and been a part of the community there, it's, it's no different than how these rules, so to speak, came about to begin with. I mean, we get a lot of ideas from our readers, uh, some of the rules you know, were, were suggested by readers. It wasn't as though the four of us came up with all of them and somebody would make a suggestion and say, Hey, did you realize, you know, or have you thought about this being a rule? And 
we'd talk about it and and kick it around and say, yeah, you know, that's actually that's that's the truth. That's that's how this certain aspect of cycling has always worked, or or how it works now. And so let's make that a rule, right. you know. And so just just like the rules, you know weren't created by anybody and they and they're kind of set forth by everybody it's it's almost a crowdsourced kind of thing to to use you know a modern term certainly so the the guide the initiated i would term as the sort of the giving back part um of cycling which which i've always regarded as very important and and to bring on those people who are just starting uh the idea that we had for this podcast when it first started was you know we wanted to give people access to a sport that they knew nothing about and may be intimidated by the idea of it, but giving them a good understanding of what it what what cycling does on so many so many levels. Um, so I think number three is absolutely perfect. Moving on to number forty three, which I think could apply uh, in life as well as on a bike, uh, <laughs> is don't be a jackass. <laughs> right, right. I think I think we've all. You know, those of us on the Velomonati community and the keepers, uh, we've all certainly found ways that I think all of the rules apply to life outside of cycling yes. for sure. Yes, uh, that's a that's a good point. And yeah, rule number forty-three. You know, I th- I think that just I mean that comes from the very first days as a five-year-old kid learning how to ride a bike. And learning about the freedom and the fun and the rush and the charge that it gave you and why you wanted to ride the bike in the first place was not to become a superstar necessarily or to ride your first century or to, you know, get back in shape or to look good or whatever the case may be. It was about freedom and fun. And we always say at Velominati you have to take what we're saying with a grain of salt. It, it's it's all tongue in cheek, and uh, you know where we get. I think sometimes the most criticism is people people will say, "Well, you're a bunch of roadie snobs and lycra clad, you know, leg shaven, you know, guys riding around on five thousand dollar carbon fiber bicycles." And yeah, that might be true. But there's also an assumption in there that that we are snobs or we're trying to dictate a certain way to be. And I think what Rule 43 is trying to do is say, you know what, it's it, it, it still comes back to that freedom and that fun and putting that smile on your face and 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 taking this with a grain of salt and and tongue in cheek uh, and going from there. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 doing that doing that with a smile you know but i think we all believe that you know if 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 you do pay attention to the rules uh there's a certain aesthetic and joy and 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 even freedom that kind of comes from that i think when you look good you feel good when you feel good you ride well when when you ride well that's kind of that's 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 what that's what fun that's what fun is. Yeah, yeah. I do like the uh, the subtitle to Rule Forty Three, which is uh, "Don't be a jackass," but if you absolutely must be a jackass, be a funny <laughs> jackass, which I think is bang on because that's true. There there is definitely a funny jackass which 
when morale is low, uh, will come on and be a jackass and raise, raise morale uh, and, and just be a good, good person to have in the peloton or the pack or whatever else you're doing. You bet. I think that's, uh, that's super important. Right, so uh, totally agreed on number 43, don't be a jackass. Um, <laughs> moving on to uh, rule number six, free your mind and your legs will follow. Uh, I think I'm aligned with the idea behind this, but why don't you let us know what that rule is all about? To me, what it means is, you know, how often do you spend time on your bike? Uh, you, You take those first couple turns of the pedals and what you have going on in your life, your work, your family, whatever the case may be, that might be stressing you out. Uh, you know, with each pedal stroke, it 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 become it put it it puts things more in perspective, and it's a good way to to sort of get out and exercise some of those problems or stressors or whatever that you may have going on in your life, and contemplate and think and put that stuff behind you or just totally tune it out and focus on what's in front of you and what's on the road and, 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 and how your bicycle's working and, and what you're seeing as, as you're riding through the countryside. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm certainly no Zen master, uh, you know, but, but to me it just seems like it's, it's pretty simple work and, Hey Marco, cool what, what do you, what do you think about the idea that you know today, you know our our, our biking world, uh, riding a bike can be as integrated into the digital world as the rest of our lives with bicycle computers and Strava and goodness knows what else, right? Um, right. How how does that digital world um, affect the ability to follow rule number six? I can tell you from my personal experience, I've stopped riding with computers and Strava, and I think that they have a place, obviously, uh, you know, a very well-cemented place for people that are interested in setting goals and, and improving their, their riding and their fitness and so on and so forth. Uh, but for me personally, it, it got to the point where you, you you're kind of chasing I was chasing numbers mm-hmm. you know and how many how many koms could I get on, on some of the local rides that I had and and in Strava segments and those made me feel pretty good for a while when I was a kom and then someone would come along and beat it and I'd get a little frustrated by that <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and you know but there's always somebody that's going to come along and 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 there's always somebody that's better than you right Mm -hmm. and uh i found that the more i shed those kinds of things and just rode and rode for myself the the more it got back to being fun again yeah you know Um, not that strava is not fun it's certainly fun and i appreciate it but so i I was just you know wondering whether you know you have strava in front of you or or a cycling a garment or whatever right. uh, product device you're using at the time. Um, and w- if you are chasing a KOM, um, for those listening, King of the Mountain, um, and uh, whether that um, 
almost drives you towards like you know the fifth rule you know it would drive you harder in order to try and beat someone's strava time who who is now you know one second faster than you on their last ride i don't know whether it, it, it enables that just in a digital digital world I think for some people it certainly does, and it has for me at certain times in the past. And, you know, I think you bring up Rule 5, and, you know, Rule 5 can change. Mm -hmm. I think Rule 5 is all about looking at what you're faced with in terms of the challenges that you have in your life and, and finding ways to overcome those things and do better given your circumstances, and circumstances change. Yeah. No, totally agree. Um, I, I love number six. I mean, I write, I do, I do use Strava, but I use it more in in the back in my jersey pocket, and I look at it when I get back rather than having it in front of me, um, right. just for for my own my own knowledge of how well I'm doing. Um, but I will say, you you guys are bang on. I can't think of another thing that I do in my life that enables me to clear my mind completely. Um, save for those things that seem to bubble to the top um, and are really important things to think about. Um, and um, I, I think that's one of the most wonderful things about biking. And I'm sure that's the same for someone who's a runner or some other sport um, like that. But, um, but for me, that is, uh, that is you know, my time. And uh, it's, it's amazing how your mind will focus on the, on the most important things, whether it's work or your family or your life or whatever it happens I to be. I can never think of a bike ride that I've been on where I've felt worse when I've returned than I did when I left. That's right. I might have been completely knackered. Right. And not wanting to get on a bike anytime soon again, right. but the core of me has felt better. Yeah, I totally, totally aligned. Okay, uh, moving on here to number 10. Uh, again, I think this is uh, very uh, applicable to some of the student athletes uh, that, that I work with here in Colorado, but it never gets easier. You just get faster. Uh, what does that mean to you? Well, you know where that comes from, correct? You know who? Uh, who... It's not Eddie Merckx, I don't believe. It's somebody else who said it, and I forget who it was. I was reading it last night. Greg, Greg LeMond. Ah, Greg LeMond. How could I forget that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Another, As another. You call Minnesota. him Greg LeMann. Yeah. <laughs> Greg LeMann. Yep. Another <laughs> Minnesota boy. Is that right? Okay. Yep. You bet. And uh, and the only American, I might say, to win the Tour de France. That's correct. <laughs> but so that that's a uh, yeah that's 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 a, a that's a quote from him, and uh, and it's true. I mean, you know, cycling never does get easier. You just go faster. It's really that simple, uh, and you, if you continue to, to train and set goals for yourself and 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 push yourself, you're going to go faster. But you're certainly never going to suffer any less. Yep, <laughs> uh, I, I think I think that's right. Um, I do remember I did a uh, a ride here in Colorado called the Copper Triangle. Uh, goes from Copper Mountain all the way around in a circle through um, through Vale and then and then back to Copper again, and um, the hardest part of this event is the climb up to the top of Vale Pass, and and being passed by this I don't know how old he was I'm gonna say 75 uh, guy who I'm assuming 
uh, has managed to keep this idea of never getting easier, you just get faster, all the way into his 70s. Uh, quite the inspiration. And I was, uh, I was um, about to lose a lung at that point. Um, <laughs> and he didn't seem to mind too much about it at all as he burned past me. So uh, I think that's actually a great thing about biking is I, I don't think it matters how old you are when you ride a bike or even when you get started. Going back to Mr. Peter Laporte, again, uh, here is a man who started riding when he was 58 years old, um, I think, and is now in his early 70s and, and now doing great in riding century rides. So it's a, it's a great sport. Um, while we're on the subject, or a little earlier, uh, Marco, of the conversation about technology, can you be a rider of an electric bike and be a member of the Voluminati? <laughs> There's a loaded question. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's what will yeah. happen if you drink Debolt uh, Porter uh, early in the <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> can you be a member? I think I think you can be a I think you can be a Velomonatus and ride an electric bike, as long as you're not riding your electric bike at the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a loaded question in in cycling uh, right now. Yeah. Uh, personally, what I think is, you know, anytime we can get another car off the road and get somebody out breathing fresh air and riding a, a, a paved trail path to work or school or the grocery store or whatever, and they're not in a box looking through a windscreen, mm -hmm. I think that that's a good thing. Hallelujah. Uh, the rules certainly were not conceived with electric bikes in mind, and I don't think that they'll ever, it, you know, Velominati will ever go in that direction. Um, and that, I don't know enough about electric bikes to tell you the truth, you know, uh, as far as you being able to, to curate one in accordance with the rules, obviously you'd have to take the motor off, but yeah, that's a good question. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, so I believe that, um, you know, there is a time and a place for electric bike. Um, one right. of them is just like you're saying the commute, if it get if it gets more cars off the road, then that's, that's an awesome thing. Um, I think also if you have a disability of some kind and an electric bike allows you to partake in cycling, get you on a trail, on a road that, that you never were able to do before, that's great. Um, but if you're an able-bodied human being, uh, I think you should get out there and suffer with the rest of us. And I actually have this, uh, this test. I, I can see this happening at some point in my life where uh, I, I, I actually I do road bike, but m most of my riding is mountain bike. And um, I've got this thought where I have just busted my tail riding around a, a mountain trail, let's say, done about 20 miles, come back, and I'm sitting in the mountain bar, and I'm drinking my IPA, and a guy that I saw on the trail on his electric mountain bike comes and sits next to me and starts to talk to me about how hard the trail was. I would probably have to move places at that point and go to another place in the bar because you have to earn the IPA. You have to earn the beer, I think. Well, and uh, you'll have to help me out here, Ben. There is a rule. I don't recall which one it is right now, right. but uh, the rule is earn your turns. Yes, you do have to. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have that made into a T-shirt, or my, <laughs> my, right, my jersey will say that. <laughs> it's rule number 55, earn your turns. Right. So uh, you, you, definitely, like, you definitely have to earn your turns, or you're not drinking an IPA with me. 
at that so point. So when you meet that when you meet that guy at, at the pub mm-hmm. that's that's done the twenty mile loop with his electric bike, right. first of all, don't be a jackass. Right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, that's right. and then and then guide the uninitiated Good. uninitiated about his electrical bicycle. Good. And uh, and go from there. But yeah, you bet. And and then I'll have freed my mind and my legs will follow after that. And his his legs will follow after that, right? <laughs> right. Um so I, I do, I've seen a couple of um, connections uh, and mentions of the mountain bike uh, in the book. Um, but I'm going to assume that many, the, 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 the main focus of, of this, just because of your passion and the, and the rest of the keepers of the COGS passion, is, seems to be on the cyclocross and the road bike side of things. Uh, I, I assume we can live by the rule. Those of us who, who ride a mountain bike can live by these rules as well. Oh, by all means. And, and I think that there's probably room in here as well for, you know, people that are more ensconced in the mountain biking community, uh, you know, to, to come up with some of their own suggestions. And, uh, you know, Brett, uh, uh, Brett, who's the keeper that lives down in Wellington, New Zealand. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's an avid, mountain biker and and uh writes for a mountain uh biking magazine down in that part of the world called spoke mm. and uh and so i think a lot of that influence comes from him frank mountain bikes uh i mountain bike a bit and uh but yeah definitely the 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 traditions and the focus i think of the rules and velaminati are are largely road cycling in in cyclocross yeah yeah agreed um, well, fantastic, um, Marco. The, the, as like I said before, the Velominati and the, and the book The Rules uh, does a great job at detailing what those of us who are passionate cyclists have in the back of our of our minds, but have great problems connecting those thoughts to our mouths. It, it really is a wonderful book, and I, and I'm so pleased that Peter had me reread it and and then connected to you. Um, as ever, we'll have links to the Velominati website on the bikesand.net website, but you can find it right now at velominati.com. The book, The Rules, is available on Amazon. Um, And I just wanted to thank you for your time, Marco. Um, Very insightful. Um, Those of us listening, those of you listening on the podcast will not know that I'm staring at a video broadcast of of Marco right now, thanks thanks to Skype. Um, and uh, it's been a it's been a great conversation, uh, and I really hope we can uh, maintain a, a connection here. Definitely, Ben. Thank you so much for your interest, and thank you to the Bikes and community. And I uh, I really wish you all the best with your with your podcast. And uh, it's it's great to meet another staunch member of the cycling community who's invested and passionate. And that's how it works. That's how it works. Um, Happy New Year to you, Marco, and your family, um, and um, hope to talk at some point in the future. You bet, Ben. Happy New Year as well. Thanks so much. Take care, mate. You too.